Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome to or welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Also follow the Oh My Allergies Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies, just to keep up with what we are doing and to see some fun, exciting content. We post clips from episodes behind the scenes, fun quotes and inspiration just to help you through your allergy lifestyle. Make sure to also rate and review the podcast. Hopefully it is five stars and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about having a food diary and no, it's not for the reasons that you guys may think because normally, at least for most people, when you tend to think about a food diary, it tends to be more associated with like calorie counting and things like that. But I'm going to be talking about why I think it's important to have a food diary when you have food allergies and how for me personally, having a food diary in my life has helped me to sort out my allergies and it may be able to help you too. So before we get started, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on. on with me is uh recently on the oh my allergies instagram story we put like a q a sticker about the rash that i got last week that i talked about in last week's episode and first and foremost i just want to thank you guys for your messages i really really do appreciate them i definitely want to get a lot more interactive on the oh my allergies instagram stories so make sure you follow the podcast instagram which is at oh my allergies just for more interactive content like that Um, I know that some people said that to wipe the area with water. Um, I also got some suggestions to apply aloe vera, which we happen to have on hand at home. We actually had the actual aloe plant. So my mom opened up a leaf of the plant and then got to like the pulpy part of the aloe leaf leaf. (laughs) And I don't know like what that part is actually called to be completely honest but she rubbed it on my arms and my chest since the hives started to spread and it got to my chest um but that really helped a lot and then in combination with taking you know some allergy medicine both of those things really just worked wonders for me and right now my shoulders and my chest don't burn anymore thank goodness because that was just an absolute nightmare and the burning was just absolutely painful and I definitely don't wish that on literally anyone but I just want to give you guys an update about that as far as school school is going fine for the most part the workload you know gets insane at times um if you're a student then you probably know about that especially because I do the podcast I have my job and my extracurriculars so 
trying to juggle all of that and stay sane and keep my mental health in check. But my headaches have been bothering me a little bit lately. I think one, it's because I'm not getting enough rest and that's thanks to school and my sorority. Yeah, it's just kind of been crazy in those two areas of my life. But have you guys ever had it where your phone rings and then you look at your phone and see who's calling you and then you automatically get a headache? because your body is like trying to mentally prepare itself for the call. Yeah, well, there's like a few people in my life that that happens with. It's like my body like already is like, oh my gosh, okay, let's get mentally prepared for this phone call because we know that it's gonna be long and it's gonna be wordy and it's gonna make your brain just be like, wait, I, I don't understand what's going on in this conversation. But, you know, sometimes you just gotta step away from social media, put your phone on do not disturb, play some music, read a good book and call it a day sometimes honestly and that's what I did this past weekend I was just like you know what I just need to turn my phone off I just need to not really be on social media like that and then just step away be able to catch up on some sleep also had to do some homework too so I couldn't stay away from my computer too long but I really just wanted to take a little bit more of a rest from social media because you know especially when you have like a podcast and when you're majoring in communications um, social media is something that is just a part of my life Life. It's a part of, you know, something that I want to do as far as a job is concerned. So it's something that I constantly have to be on and know what is trending right now within the communications world. So for that point of view, you know, it's kind of a double edged sword in terms of, you know, yeah, like it's super fun. But at the same time, like sometimes it just can be draining and cause a little bit of burnout. So I try to reserve the weekends for myself to be able to, you know, relax, be able to catch up on sleep if I need to. And, you know, of course, I have to do homework on the weekends now because I'm currently in school right now but being able to still take care of myself on the weekends and you know make sure my mental health is in a great place because you know we all have those days when our mental health is just not that great and you just need to breathe in and breathe out and pull out a devotional listen to some music and like I said just call it a day but yeah that's basically what's been going on with me so I guess now I can get right into my foodie likes likes well actually both of my foodie likes is from Whole Foods because we've just been shopping there a lot lately as you guys know lately a lot of my foodie likes have been from Whole Foods so shout out to Whole Foods this is definitely not sponsored I wish it was but it's not <laughs> uh, one of my first foodie likes I want to talk to you guys about is their vegan donuts oh my goodness gracious they are just so delicious and so good. I usually like getting the ones that don't have any sort of like glaze or anything like that just because I've never really been a person that's into like glaze or like jelly or like anything like that in terms of a donut. Um, I'm also one of the special people that does not like their donuts hot. I know my family attacks me on <laughs> on an occasional basis for me not liking my donuts hot. It's so funny like some people in my family will be like oh my goodness like we're definitely not related because how can you not like a hot donut I don't know like for me like when it comes to like donuts like I just don't really like when they're hot because they tend to be really sticky and 
gooey and messy and it's just not it's just not a good time so I'm usually one of those people that like if I get a donut that's hot like if I make a donut that's hot then I will wait for it to cool off or I might wait for it to cool off and then I put it in the refrigerator and then wait for it to get cold and then eat it but I've just not really been into all of the little designs especially the ones that are like different colors like I know some like coffee shops like Dunkin Donuts or something like that they might have like a Valentine's Day donut or something like that and those have just never really appealed to me at all so really love the Whole Foods vegan donuts just the plain ones they're kind of like they kind of resemble like a, a cake donut and they're really good sometimes at the Whole Foods they don't have them and it really literally breaks my heart but I'm like I figured that that's just God's sign saying that I don't need a donut because honestly I don't <laughs> but they're really good usually we'll have them like on the weekend sometimes or might have it while I'm watching a show like The Bachelor or any other TV programming I watch like different shows like Chrisley Knows Best and there's this other new show that I've been watching it's called She's the Boss oh my gosh this show is so hilarious um it's about Nicole Walters and her family and her Manny is just so funny oh my gosh you guys have to watch it if you've never watched the show before it comes on USA like Chrisley and it kind of comes on a little bit later it comes on like I think at 10 30 but we normally like tape it and then we'll watch it or sometimes we'll stay up like to watch it and it's just so funny it instantly puts a smile on my face so highly recommend that if you are trying to find new shows to watch uh speaking of new shows to watch I've actually started watching um, Bridgerton yeah I'm kind of late to the craze on the Bridgerton thing just because I don't know like normally for shows that are in like a time like like a, a certain time period like a time piece type of tv show those shows normally don't appeal to me like I just not really a fan of time piece uh, projects so whether that's a tv show whether that's a movie a cartoon whatever like I just normally am not a fan especially like shows that are kind of near the kind of like that Victorian era the Bridgerton show is actually taking place in the Regency era normally I'm not into that sort of thing but like some people in our family was just like you have to watch it you have to watch it I can't believe you've not watched it everybody is watched it you guys should watch it I think you would like it and I'm like uh, am I really gonna like it because I've just not been a fan of that like I know when Downton Abbey was like the big craze I was just like no 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 I just don't find those types of things super interesting I don't know it's just it's just not my thing but have been watching that and we're almost done we're on episode seven and if you know you know that show that show I really like the fact that like the music that's in the show and this is something that one of our family members told us is that it's actually like popular music that's like on the radio and stuff like that but they use like string instruments and it's they classify the music like when I say classify meaning like make it like like it sounds like classical music but then like if you really listen to it you're like wait is this Ariana Grande's seven rings or like wait is this Girls Like You by Maroon 5? Like you just, you just, you have to have a really good ear for music. And it's so funny because my mom literally calls me like the human version of Shazam because she'll be like, what song is that? And like, usually like nine times out of 10, I can recognize the song. So I was like, oh my goodness, like, I know what this song is. I know what this song is. I know what this song is. Like one of the songs they played was like In My Blood by Shawn Mendes. And the songs like, 
they don't sound like the regular version of themselves so you just really have to be in tune with certain artists and their music to really just know or just really be up on pop culture to be honest um but yeah been watching that um and been having some mixed feelings about it not gonna lie like I said if you know you know okay you know but let me get back on track because I kind of just went from talking about food to talking about TV shows and entertainment. Anyway, um, one of my other foodie likes, like I said, it's from Whole Foods as well. It's their chicken nuggets, like their meatless chicken nuggets, because as you guys know, I don't eat meat because I am a vegetarian pescatarian. If you listen to last week's episode, you know, but was looking in their meatless alternative section and we first saw um, these Garden Inn chicken nuggets and really always have been a big fan of Garden Inn. We saw the Garden Inn ones, then we saw the Whole Foods ones. The Whole Foods ones were on sale. And then I'm a Prime member, so then I got extra off. So we were like, okay, we'll try these. And I don't know, I feel really mixed emotions when it comes to like the meatless chicken nugget options, just because some of some of the time, like the texture of them is like super, super weird and it tastes kind of filmy in a weird way. So like with these, I was just kind of like, eh, like, okay, we're just gonna cross our fingers and hope for the best. And honestly, they taste really, really good. Like I was actually surprised. Like they really resemble an actual chicken nugget. Now it's been years. Like when I say years, I mean years since I've had an actual chicken nugget. But these actually brought me back to like the times when I used to be chicken nugget in and out and they're just so good. So highly recommend both of those things. If you go to Whole Foods and you're trying to find something new to try, then be like, hey, let me go to the bakery section and check out you know, Whole Foods is vegan goods because they are like actually really good because I've talked about you know their donuts their vegan donuts I'm talking about their vegan brownies um it's just so good I just really love the fact that there's a lot more vegan items that are coming out into the marketplace in these different stores because there's a lot of foods that I would love to be able to have and you know when you have certain allergies as you guys know like you just can't eat those things and like it's kind of disappointing in a way but then it forces you to have to get creative as we've talked about in multiple episodes of the podcast um but it's really nice to see that there's a lot more options that are coming out uh for people that have different types of food allergies but now that I've talked about my foodie likes and a bunch of other things because I got sidetracked (laughs) we can get right into the allergy news Allergy news article that I'm going to be talking about today comes from Progressive Grocer and it's about something that if you are in the food allergies community then you probably know about this already but I wanted to formally talk about it on the podcast and kind of have a dialogue with you guys about it if you will. So this is about how the FASTER Act for sesame labeling passes in the Senate. I know so many people who have sesame allergies so I know that they're super happy about this step in the right direction. So if you're not familiar about what the FASTER Act is, it stands for the Food Allergy Safety Treatment Education and Research Act and with this act it would add sesame as a major allergen and so on March 3rd, it was unanimously passed by the U.S. Senate. So this bill for sesame labeling, it's the Food Allergy Research and Education's highest legislative priority. So if you're not familiar with FAIR, we've talked about FAIR on the podcast before, but they're basically an organization that's really about providing food allergy advocacy, um, education, and really trying to 
put a lot of money towards funding food allergy research. So with this new act, it will require that sesame be labeled as an allergen on packaged food. So sesame, it would become the ninth food allergen for which the FDA for the US requires, you know, plain language labeling. And sesame is often used when a label reads like natural flavors or natural spices. So it really adds another layer of difficulty when people are reviewing product labels when they're going to the grocery store. So this article just basically talks a lot more about how the bill was introduced, who were the senators that introduced it, and kind of, you know, laying out that that foundation for you guys to understand kind of a little bit more about the act. Also, the article talks about how the bill would also require the Secretary of Health and Human Services to issue a report on scientific opportunities and food allergy research that examines prevention, treatment, and new cures. And then also the legislation would put in place a risk-based scientific process and framework for being able to add additional allergens uh, covered by the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. So this is a really good step and a really great direction for people who have sesame allergies because there's a lot more people that even I've gotten to know, you know, whether it's through the podcast or personally, um, that have sesame allergies. And a lot of people don't realize how sesame is really just like one of those allergens that's kind of sneaky. And a lot of people don't realize how many different foods sesame can be found in. So whether that's in certain different cuisines, especially, you know, in Asian culture, it's really integrated in that, you know, whether it's something a little bit more obvious, like, you know, sesame oil or soy sauce or, you know, tahini, like there's just so many different ways that, you know, sesame can be found in so many different things. So it's really crucial for, you know, this act to really get passed so that not only to be able to have it where sesame is required to be put on, you know, product labels, but also to be able to help with being able to move food allergy research and being able to get more research to be able to find and identify more allergens so that they can potentially be added to this list. So it's not, like I said in a previous episode, a top eight, it might be a top 10 or, you know, a top 14 like it is in the UK. So I think this is a really great step in the right direction and you know I will provide more developments um, as I find out more information about this but yay I'm just so excited for people who have sesame allergies and then also just for the food allergy community in general because being able to have more research for you know food allergies is just such a major really great step but that is the allergy news so I guess now I can get into today's topic which is about having a food diary and how that could potentially help with sorting out your allergies. said earlier in the episode I'm going to be talking about how having a food diary can help you with sorting out your allergies and then just talking about my experience. So I first got into having a food diary when I first had my first allergic reaction to macadamia nuts that was actually anaphylactic. Um, I've talked about this reaction a countless amount of times in the podcast so if you want to learn more about this reaction you can listen to The Life of a Vegaholic, how I found out I was allergic to nuts. But anyway, um, as I was researching more about my newfound allergy to macadamia nuts, I got inspired to 
you know, write about my reaction from looking actually at the medical ID on my phone. Um, if you have an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you're not familiar with it, basically a medical ID on iPhones, it helps first responders to be able to access, you know, critical medical info from the lock screen of your phone. So I ended up, you know, putting in my information for that in that area of my phone and then that really just inspired me to be able to want to write about my whole reaction and everything so I ended up getting a diary app on my phone and I kind of laughed at myself a little when I got it just because I've just never really been one to keep up with the whole like journaling thing you know I tried to do it a few times when I was younger but I just was not one to actually stick with it and I just didn't really understand like the whole idea behind like journaling and pouring out your feelings and all this other type of stuff. But I felt like this time would be, you know, really different because I thought it would be a good idea to just do one for my allergies. So I know what to be aware of, you know, whether it's a food to ingest or consume or a food that could potentially be found in other products like hair care, skin care, uh, body wash, and many other, you know, things like that. Because uh, for macadamia nuts, you know, it's not just mainly just food, you know, you can find that in like hair care products. Like I've seen so many hair care products that have macadamia nut oil. And so I always have to ask, like when I go get my hair done and stuff like that, like, hey, like what products are you using on my hair? And like, what are the ingredients to make sure that nothing happens, you know, because you're just always on high alert, just making sure you're looking at all types of labels and all aspects of your life uh, when you have uh, a food allergy. But anyway, um, like I said, I downloaded an app on my phone and I think the app was called, I want to say day one or something like that. I think that's what the app was called. I don't even know if the app still exists anymore, but basically I wrote how I felt during my allergic reaction to uh, macadamia nuts. So I wrote how many I had, uh, my thoughts during the reaction, uh, my symptoms during the reaction, just literally any and everything I could remember around this whole experience. Even though it was very traumatizing to have to replay this whole scenario in my brain again, but when I say that I felt like this weight was being lifted off of my shoulders just for just getting all of my feelings out and my symptoms out and everything that happened, I honestly genuinely felt like that. Um, but if you're not familiar with like this whole idea of like a food diary, it's basically when you keep a record of what you eat and what symptoms you feel after having a particular food or particular foods. Uh, you can get, you know, as specific as you want if you find being super, super specific to be the most helpful. So for example, you can include exactly what you ate, the specific ingredients of the dish that you had. If you took any vitamins or supplements, you know, you put those, but you wanna be careful to not turn the whole food diary into like a calorie counter. This is simply just to track your food. Like, so you wanna be able to eat as you would before writing everything down. The idea of this whole food diary concept is to take notes, like you're, keeping a food tracker to be able to search for signs that could suggest having some sort of an intolerance or a food allergy and then once you have more information 
you know, you adjust accordingly with the help of, you know, your doctor or your allergist. And, you know, you don't want to write, I had two tablespoons of oat milk to my cup of iced coffee that equates to like eight ounces. You like, you know what I mean? Uh, this is supposed to be just writing down any and all foods and drinks that you've had for that particular day. So when I say every food and drink, I honestly mean every food and drink, you know, not just the main part of a meal. So like list of snacks, you know, if you use any condiments, like if you are a ketchup girl or a mustard guy, you know, you write that down, uh, just things like that. Um, another aspect of food journaling for, you know, your allergies is including, you know, the symptoms that you've experienced as you've had any like food, drink, supplements, vitamins, and the time of day that you had them. So you're going to want to include any symptoms that you deem to be, you know, quote unquote abnormal, even if the, you know, the symptoms you weren't anticipating, you know, it's important to write when the symptoms happen and the other things that you were doing at the time. For an example, you know, if you've had a food item and then you went to go exercise and then you had a reaction, you're going to want to write that down because you could possibly have, um, you know, exercise induced anaphylaxis. And we actually did an episode on that. So definitely listen to that podcast if you want to learn a little bit more about can you actually be allergic to exercise. Like I always say in all my episodes, I am not a doctor, nor do I claim to be a doctor. But these episodes are really just to help educate you on other allergies that you might not be aware of. Um, or to be able to at least point you into the right direction um, in terms of, you know, being able to build a better relationship and communication line with your doctor and other medical professionals that are in your life. Um, but one story that comes to mind when thinking about, you know, having a food diary and journaling and things like that around my food allergies is when I was spending the night over at my grandparents' house when I was younger and I was helping my grandma make a snack for my grandfather and I was putting some dry apricots into a plastic bag for him and I was like oh you know I've never tried one of these in my life before like they look really good you know let me ask my grandma if I can try one so I asked her and she said yeah you know you can try one and then I tried it and then instantly my mouth felt really weird and tingly so I literally spit that sucker out and then I you know went and consulted with my doctor and all this other type of stuff but after it happened immediately I went into my diary app and I wrote down you know how many I had the time of day my symptoms and you know like how it made me feel and honestly I've found having a food diary just to be super super helpful because I now have a record of you know my reaction to a food or having symptoms due to eating a particular food or foods and it really has helped me and you know my doctor just to be able to narrow down any possible triggers and that honestly has helped me feel better because I know what food or foods to avoid in my life but you don't want to use like a food diary as like some sort of food challenge or like a test or like an experiment or something like that to see what you can or cannot have because that literally could be really really dangerous and you don't want that and 
and this reminds me of like when kids on TikTok would like post all those things like the, those videos about the Benadryl and stuff and that challenge and everything it's just super super dangerous and you don't want to put your health at risk like that especially you shouldn't be using a food diary for any known or really a good chance of having anaphylaxis or going into anaphylactic shock in a case like that as soon as a food is suspected it should just be completely removed from your diet um which is something that you know when I brought my symptoms to my doctor and I kind of was like hey like I ate this this is what happened can you like tell me what's up and so in that type of case it was super helpful to be able to explain like my symptoms to my doctor but if you know that you have anaphylaxis towards a certain food like you're not gonna want to use a food diary for that and like I said in a case like that just needs to be completely removed from your diet and then also you know with food you know that you're allergic to obviously you should not eat them um if that wasn't obvious already now one thing that would be something good for you guys to consider when you're thinking about keeping some sort of a food diary or a food journal is the fact that you may be thinking oh like this is going to take a lot of time and effort to put into keeping track of everything and that there just has to be somewhat of a quicker way to be able to figure out you know what you're allergic to what your child may be allergic to and can you just stop giving them x y and z allergen and just wait to see what happens I mean like you could try that but you could be missing out on finding, you know, what the deeper problem is. And yeah, it could be super time consuming and, you know, you might not have a lot of time anyway within your schedule, but having a journal in this type of way won't, you know, interfere with, you know, the little time that you may have um, in your day. And just having some sort of a food diary or journal is a really great way for you as a person who has allergies or if you're an allergy parent to just be super resourceful and just find a way to just make it work and being able to figure out what allergies that you may have or your child may have in just a really great safe and realistic way and yeah you know journaling as I said you know for some people it could be something that's really difficult it's something that you have to really be vigilant and stick to but you know if in like 30 days or however many days you may discover that you know milk in a certain product may be causing you or your baby to get a rash or something like that you'll be super grateful to know that you definitely should just take that out of you or your child's diet and honestly in the long run it will save you time because you can begin to plan around you know food allergies and be able to tackle the reactions once and for all so some tips that I have to be able to fill out an allergy journal quickly if you're on a crunch for time is being able to jot down any major concerns right away wherever you can so you can record them you know actually in the journal if you have one or if you don't have it with you be able to put it in the notes app on your phone or at a specific time that you may set aside for filling out the journal might be super super helpful um, another tip is following some sort of a meal plan so if you already know what you're going to be having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, whether you live on your own or you're a college student or you're a parent and you're planning out your meals for your kids to eat every day, you're able to fill out, you know, the food portions of your journal early and then just have to add in the reactions at the end of the day just to be able to help with 
you know, pre-planning as much as you can. Another way to be able to help with cutting down on time for filling out your journal is, you know, making it an activity that you do when you're at dinner time. You can just bring your journal with you. And if you have kids, you can use that time to ask them, you know, how they're feeling, be able to write it down. And then even just using, you know, maybe like some type of one word code that works as long as you understand it. It doesn't need to be a super long wordy journal entry. You can be as detailed as you want to, like I said, or you can use just little, a few descriptive words. So something simple like itchy, you know, no reaction, you know, your skin might be red or whatever the reaction may be. Also, you know, for parents who have kids, you know, being able to get the menu from your child's school. So to be able to have that to put into the food allergy journal, because usually when it comes to school menu items, you know, I used to go to school where it was like a set menu every single day. And even when I was, you know, on campus at college, we would have the menu on our school's website to be able to track, okay, for this day, you know, this is what's going to be the lunch options and then kind of pre-picking what you're going to have and then being able to have that information and just write it down. That will be really, really helpful so that you're able to like pre-plan what you're going to have, what you're not going to have. And then also a lot of schools tend to understand and be able to accommodate, especially if your kid or you may have an allergy because they don't want an allergic reaction happening on their watch any more than you do. So being able to add that menu to your journal and just be able to record anything you may notice at the end of the day, at the end of the night, after you have the meal is just really, really helpful. And then also another tip that I have for you guys is to fill out all the dates and the meals right away. You know, you can write out the days of the week or the month ahead of time and then that way you're just flipping to the right date and you know not taking the time every day to just like fill that in and you can do the same thing with meals you know you're always going to have breakfast lunch and dinner because those are the key you know points of the day when you're going to be having a meal so you can just know like okay like let me just find you know today's date write everything down and not like you have to be like okay let me write this day one at a time like if you pre-fill out everything ahead of time then that will really help you with cutting down on time. But like I said, having a food allergy journal is just something that can help you with being able to figure out if you or your child has a food allergy. You can use it to keep track of meals, keep track of reactions, and how, you know, you or your child may feel in the moment during the reaction. You know, this is something that, you know, I feel like a lot of people should implement into their life because it saves you so much time in the long run because you know what to talk about with your doctor or your allergist and being able to kind of be able to connect those dots on your own and you're able to you know tailor any journal to your needs and to be able to make it work for you and your lifestyle and I know keeping some sort of a journal could be difficult I know from experience as I said journaling has never really ever been my thing but definitely give it a try but I do want to say that you know even though having some sort of like a a food diary or like a symptom diary can be really helpful for you and your doctor you know it's not good to diagnose a food allergy you know a lot of people suspect symptoms are related to food but you know they're not a hundred percent sure which food or foods is or are the cause so don't use it to like diagnose yourself like how all of us do when we feel weird and then we go on webmd and then we see all these things related to our symptom and then we're just like great i have this critical condition now 
now. Like, that's great. And then you scare yourself. Don't do that. You're not a doctor. They get paid the big bucks to do it. So like, if you're just genuinely not sure, go and talk with your medical professional just to figure out what's going on with you and your body. Definitely don't want to play the guessing game. But having, you know, some sort of a diary or a journal, it can for sure help you map your symptoms and see if there is a relationship to the foods that you've eaten but it should always be done with with the help of your doctor but yeah you just want to keep all of those things in mind um like I said before like I personally think that having some sort of a journaling method for your food allergies and sorting them out and kind of piecing things together it can be a really great way with being able to explore symptoms that leave you puzzled and really can help show you that you know maybe foods might not be the cause for what's going on in terms of your symptoms but it's been a really good way just to be just super super aware and more in tune with my body so like if I feel some sort of a reaction happening or even just like a symptom like I said before like with the 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 hives that I got last week with my shoulders now I know hey don't use that lotion again because that lotion is not your best friend even though it smells really really good but like your body doesn't like it anymore so like you just need to stop using it and take it out of your you know out of your daily routine so that's something that I took no input you know in my journaling for my allergies because I have one that's for food allergies and one that's for regular allergies that might be like skin allergies or contact dermatitis like that type of stuff I just feel like it's helpful just to have like a written way of keeping track of everything you could write it down you can put it in an app like I did I usually now do a combination of both just for convenience but it's so interesting because when I first got the app like years ago I ended up putting a password on it because at first I was like well I don't want anybody to like know like about my allergies and like that's something that's super super personal and I don't want people just to be opening this app and be like "Ooh, she's allergic to this so we know what we're feeding her for breakfast lunch and dinner um but that's just my allergy anxiety kicking in but now I've gotten to a place where like I'm not afraid to voice like hey like I'm allergic to this I'm allergic to that and not feeling like this thought in the back of my head like something like somebody's out to get me you know what I'm saying like really forcing me to have to you know get better at communicating you know my feelings and communicating my symptoms and things like that but that's personally why I use a food diary and you know maybe this episode has inspired you to want to get into you know having some sort of a written method or a typing method if you have it on your phone or put it in the notes app of your phone honestly to just be able to help you with sorting out your allergies so hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode and were able to get some sort of value from it um like I said you know this is from my experience and I found that having some sort of a food allergy diary or journal has been helpful for me and my allergy journey so definitely be able to keep all the things that I said in mind and be able to make the decision if having a food allergy diary or journal is good for you and your family and your living situation and your lifestyle but hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode we're able to get some tips and some tricks and be able to find some sort of value in this episode if you did be sure to rate and review the show hopefully it is five stars make sure to also give the oh my allergies podcast instagram a follow which is at oh my allergies just to keep up with everything that the podcast is 
doing. We post clips from the episodes that you guys get to listen to each week behind the scenes, some fun quotes, some inspiration, some funny memes, just to keep you up in a really good headspace because life with allergies can get a little crazy, you know? And sometimes you just need to have some content to really just put a smile on your face and just to remember that you're definitely not alone in your allergy journey, but make sure that you rate and review the podcast like I said hopefully it is five stars make sure you are subscribed to the podcast if you have not subscribed already you definitely should so you don't miss out on really good episodes like this one make sure you keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode bye guys